Good morning, dear brothers and sisters. Happy Lord's Day and happy Memorial Day, which will be on Monday, which will be tomorrow. And what a blessing it is. And my, 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 how time is flying and how we're re getting closer and closer to being back to normal, at least a new normal. But we're heading in that direction and we hope very soon to be meeting together again in the name of the Lord here in this building. We do pray, but we're very thankful. Before we begin today, shall we just look to the Lord? But before I do pray, I want to thank all those who have served our country in the military, in the armed forces, and especially on Memorial Day, all those individuals who gave their lives for our country. They died for us to protect our freedom and maintain it. And we're so thankful for each and every one. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we pray that you will speak to our hearts through your word today. And Lord, we pray that you will speak specifically to each one with what we need to hear. We pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross and speak clearly to us. And we just thank you and praise you for all you have done, for saving us from our sins and giving us eternal life and walking with us daily and encouraging us and providing for us and we just pray that you'll lead us now by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Author Irving Stone spent a lifetime studying greatness, writing novelized biographies of such men as Michelangelo, Vincent van Gogh, Sigmund Freud, and Charles Darwin. Stone was once asked if he found a thread that runs through the lives of all these exceptional people. He said, I write about people who sometime in their life have a vision or dream of something that could, should be accomplished and they go to work. They are beaten over the head, knocked down, vilified for years, and they get nowhere. But every time they've been knocked down, they stand up. You cannot destroy these people. At the end of their lives, they have accomplished some modest part of what they set out to do. You know, brothers and sisters, we all face adversity and hard times and difficult things. And many times we do get knocked down. And some of the blows are very hard in life. But the key is not how many times you get knocked down. But the key is how many times do you get up and keep going. That's the key. Winston Churchill seemed so dull as a youth that his father thought he might be incapable of earning a living in England. Charles Darwin did so poorly in school that his father once told him, you will be a disgrace to yourself and to your family. G.K. Chesterton, and I've quoted him before, he was a famous English author, could not write until he was eight years old. One of his teachers told him, quote, if we could open your head, we should not find any brain, but only a lump of white fat. Imagine that. Thomas Edison's first teacher described him as addled, and his father almost convinced him that he was a dunce. Albert Einstein's parents feared their child was dull, and he performed so poorly 
at his high school courses, except for mathematics, that a teacher once asked him to drop out. And Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all times, was once cut by his high school basketball coach. All these people share in common that they never gave up, that they persevered, and they made it to greatness, and they did so many wonderful things. The title of our message today is Perseverance Through It All. The definition of perseverance is continued effort to achieve something despite difficulties, failures, or opposition, steadfastness. Our dear brother Adel spoke on Noah, and he was a man who persevered. And as Adel mentioned, he worked on that ark for 120 years, and God blessed him in his obedience, his faith, and his perseverance. Our text today is James chapter 5 and verse 11, where here James writes, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and have seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to persevere to the end and through all the obstacles and difficulties of life. The three things that we're going to look at this morning are these. Number one, keep going until the task is done. Secondly, keep going until the victory is won. And third, keep going until the race is run. So our first point today, keep going until the task is done. I don't know about you, but I don't like to leave anything undone. I like to do things right away and get them done. And if it takes a while to get it done, I keep working on it until I get it done. There's many Sunday afternoons when we were here at the church that I would be here till five or even six, sometimes even later than that, doing things in the office working. We don't want to leave the Lord's work especially undone. We want to accomplish the task that the Lord has given us to do. David Lloyd George once said, there is nothing so fatal to character as half-finished tasks. It's like a pancake that's undercooked that haven't, hasn't been properly cooked. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 30, these words, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Yes, we want to finish the task that God gives us to do. Now, some of you may be too young to remember Ross Perot, but he was a presidential candidate many years ago, and before that, he was famous in business. He was a Texas computer millionaire, and he decided one day back in the 60s 
during the height of the Vietnam War that he wanted to send a Christmas present to every American prisoner of war in Vietnam. According to David Frost, who is a famous interviewer who tells the story, Perot had thousands of packages wrapped and prepared for shipping. He chartered a fleet of Boeing 707s to deliver them to Hanoi, but the war was at its height, and the Hanoi government said they, they would refuse to cooperate. No charity was possible. Officials explained while American bombers were devastating Vietnamese villages. The wealthy Perot offered to hire an American construction company to rebuild what the Americans had knocked down. The government still would not cooperate. But would that stop Perot? No. Christmas drew near and the packages were unsent. Refusing to give up, Perot finally took off in his chartered fleet and flew to Moscow, where his aides mailed the packages one at a time at the Moscow Central Post Office. They were all delivered on time. We often hear that expression, where there's a will, there's a way. And I would just add to that, where there's a will, there's a way, if you persevere, if you don't give up, if you keep fighting, if you keep battling, if you keep giving your all, God will bless you and you will be able to complete the task or the job that the Lord has given you to do. We must persevere. If you take the word persevere, it, it comes from two different words. The word per, which means by means of, and then you take the word severe, which means harsh or unnecessarily extreme. So when you persevere, you keep going no matter how extreme the circumstances are. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul tells us, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. It produces perseverance. And perseverance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. Yes, we need that, that faith. We need that hope. We need that perseverance to keep going under difficulties and hardships. And we need faith in the Lord because He is the one who helps us complete what he's given us to do. Our faith in Christ is what makes us go. 2 Peter 1, 5-7 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Yes, perseverance is one of the most important qualities we as Christians can have. We can't quit. We can't give up. We have to keep going. And when we do, the Lord will bless us. I just heard recently that the kids, in their homeschools anyway, they finished up their school year on Friday. 
And what a blessing it is to be done with school. You know, students have to persevere until the very last day, until the very last test is taken, and they, pa they pass the test, and they get through their assignments. Workers need to persevere until the job gets done. Mothers and fathers need to persevere until their kids are grown up and they go off on their own. And soldiers need to persevere until the, until the last battle, until the war is won. They keep going. So that's our first point today. Keep going until the task or the job is done. Secondly, keep going until the victory is won. The Lord Jesus Christ won the victory for us on the cross. He died on the cross. He bore our sins. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He removed the sting of death by His death on the cross. And by His death and resurrection, we have eternal life and salvation. And we are on His side. We are on the victorious side. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is not through me or through you, through our abilities and our strength and our power and our wisdom. No, the victory comes through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. He is the one who gives us victory. We cannot rely on ourselves. The hymn writer wrote, Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. You know, David had a mighty army that was with him all the time. They were called his mighty men. And they're recorded in the second book of Samuel, chapter 23. And it's amazing some of the exploits that these men accomplished, both as a group and as individuals. And I'd like to mention two individuals who persevered until the victory was won. And they didn't stop until they had the victory. The first man's name was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. And it says, He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. What one man, by faith in the Lord, trusting in him, can do. And that's what Eliezer did. Imagine holding on to that sword so tight that by the time the battle with the Philistines was over and he was fighting them by himself, the sword stuck to his hand. That's perseverance. That's endurance. That's winning the victory and not giving up until you get the victory. The second man's name was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hagarite. And it says that the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Many of us know what lentils are. We, we like lentil soup and so forth. It's very nutritious, a lot of protein and everything. Very good. Well, there was a, a field that was full of these lentils. And it says, so the people 
that is, all those people around him, fled from the Philistines, leaving him alone. But it says, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field, in that lentil field, defended it and killed the Philistines. And it says, so the Lord brought about a victory? No, not just a victory, a great victory because he trusted in the Lord and relied on him. Yes, he didn't give up until the Lord had given him the victory. You know, we can't give up either until we get the victory in our lives. There are habits that need to be forsaken. There are temptations that need to be fled from. There is sin that we need to resist and have victory over. And some Christians go day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, not having the victory. They may have one particular sin, and they oftentimes call it a besetting sin because it just doesn't seem to go away. We can't get the victory over it. But there is no power on earth that can stand against God's power. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have the victory over any and all sin because Jesus died for our sins and He gave us the Spirit of God. Yes, we don't want to give up. We don't want to stop. We want to keep going until God gives us the victory. General Dwight Eisenhower, who was the commander of the armed forces of the United States during World War II in the, in the Pacific Theater, once said, there are no victories at discount prices. Oh, I love that. I'll say it again. There are no victories at discount prices. In other words, if you're going to get the victory, there are no shortcuts. There are no easy ways to do it. We have to do it on our knees. We have to do it by the power of God. We have to trust the Lord and we have to persevere. And oh, how true that is. It takes effort. It takes courage to be those who persevere all the way through. I was working on my message since I've been retired now. I can start much earlier than I used to. I used to prepare the messages every Saturday afternoon and so forth, but now I have, I have more time and I prepare it. So I was preparing, preparing it last week and I was working on this section of, of the message last week and I was watching on TV at the same time Phil Mickelson and the other golfers that were playing in the PGA Championship. And I'm sure you've heard about it that Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship last Sunday at the tender age of 50. Now you may say 50, oh that's very young. I consider 50 very young. But for an athlete, whether it's a golfer, a tennis player, or a basketball player, football, whatever the sport, baseball, 50 is ancient. It's ancient. But Phil was ahead. But as I wrote this message, I said, Lord, I believe he's going to win. And I'm going to put it in my notes that he won, even before it happens, because I believe that, that it's going to happen. Because it was about two or three holes left, I think, when I was working on this. About three. And he was definitely unsure and unclear that he was going to win, but it was pretty clear to me. 
and he won. And you know why he won? Not only is he a great golfer, but he persevered. And the commentators were making mention of the fact that when he was walking down the course with his caddy from the tee to the green of, of the holes, and there's a lot of walking involved in golf. It's good exercise. And so there he was walking, and he was walking very slowly and very methodically. He was plodding along. And he gave a lot of credit to his brother, who is his caddy, who helped him all week long in the four rounds, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the final round on Sunday. And with all this heavy wind they have, it was right on the water in South Carolina, severe wind. Some of it was really howling and blowing, and it not only affected the tee shots and the approach shots, but it affected the putts on the green, too. In fact, it was so windy that it not only blew the flag on the green, but it blew the whole flag stick was blowing at some points in time. But Phil persevered until the victory is won. And imagine his joy. Imagine his excitement that at the age of 50, he became the oldest golfer to win a major championship at the age of 50 years old. Good for you, Phil. And I said to myself at the time, old guys rule. And I really believe it. You look around you at the NBA and you see LeBron James and how many years he's played in the league. So many years. And you look at Steph Curry. He's not as young as he used to be either. And there's some great things happening among the older athletes nowadays as well as the younger ones. So not only is it important to keep going until the task is done and until the victory is won, but we must keep going until the race is run. The Christian life in the New Testament is often symbolized as a race. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it seems long sometimes. It seems arduous at times. But we keep on persevering. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 these familiar words. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. We're not in the race just to show up. We're in the race to win. And the way for us to win is to win souls for Christ. It's to have victories. It's to encourage other Christians, teach them, disciple them, help them. We're all in this race together. We're all teammates. And you can't win a race unless you finish the race. And you can't finish the race until you start the race. And yet there are so many people that they start the race and they start it well, but they don't end it well. They either drop out or they fall behind. And God wants us to keep the pace. And Jesus is our pace setter. And He will set the proper pace for us. But it takes perseverance. It takes endurance to persevere until the race is run. Recently I was giving a devotion on Acts chapter 20 and verse 24 and the verse of the day on my blog. And this verse is so encouraging. It says, of Paul as he writes to the Ephesian elders before he was saying goodbye to them and going off to 
to Jerusalem and then he would be off to Rome and eventually uh, would give his life for Christ. But it says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I love that little phrase there, so that I may finish my race with joy. If you ever look at an athlete, especially a runner, a marathon runner, who is nearing the finish line, and he can see or she can see the finish line, he's tired, he's weary, or she's tired, she's weary, but they can see the finish line. And there's nobody going to catch them. They're going to win the race. There's that exuberance. There's that joy. That's that anticipation of the victory. And that's the way it is with the Lord in the race of life. Someone once said, the race is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. In running, as in walking or as in life itself, it's putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to keep on going. You have to pace yourself. We're in the, in the race of life and we know the Lord is coming soon and He wants us to finish the race that He has set us on. So may the Lord encourage us today to persevere to the end to keep on going until the task is done, until we've finished what God has given us to do. He's given you a ministry. He's given me a ministry. And He wants us to complete it. And I can't wait to get back to church because I know that there's so many of you, and myself included, there are ministries we do in this building that we haven't been able to do in over 15 months. And it's going to be good to get back to our ministries but it's going to be even better to see each other, to hug each other, and to be with each other in this building. It's going to be such a blessing. Yes, we're looking forward to it. So we keep going until the task is done. We keep going until the victory is won. We don't give up until God gives us the victory, whether it's over a sin, a temptation, a habit, whatever it is, we keep going. The race is not finished until we get to the finish line. Perseverance is not easy. There are many tribulations. Before I conclude the message, I'd like to tell a story, and I think you might be able to guess what it's about by the name, but maybe perhaps you'll, you'll, you'll see more as, as I go into the story. But 19th century inventor Gail Borden was obsessed with the idea of condensing food. His first effort, a condensed meat biscuit, as it was called, failed miserably. But on an ocean voyage, it gave birth to a better idea. Borden was concerned about the sickly condition of the children on board the ship. Cows on the ship were too seasick to produce healthy milk and four children died from drinking contaminated milk. Borden was determined to condense milk so that it would be safe and easily transported. After many tries, not a couple, many, 
He devised a vacuum process that removed the water from the milk. Conditions during the Civil War made the canned milk a success, and Borden made a fortune. His epitaph inscribed on a tomb was in the shape of a milk bottle, or a milk can, I should say, not a bottle, milk can. And on that epitaph were these words, quote, I tried and failed. I tried again and again and succeeded. And that's what it takes. Try, try again. There's an old expression that says, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. We've all heard it. It goes back many, many years. But when you're a Christian and you apply that to the subject of perseverance, you can see, don't give up until the task is done, until the victory is won, and until the race is run. The hymn writer B. Mansell Ramsey once wrote, Long as my life shall last, teach me thy way. Where'er my lot be cast, teach me thy way. Until the race is run, until the journey's done, until the crown is won, teach me thy way. Shall we pray? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we are challenged by your word. We are encouraged and comforted by your word. Lord, we pray that you will help us to persevere especially when we come back to church. Help us, Lord, to be those who persevere in your service and give our all. And we thank you, Lord, that we keep on keeping on. We keep on going until the task is done, until the victory is won, until the race is run. Please give us the strength and the endurance. Please help us to trust in you, and you will bless our lives tremendously. So we just praise you and thank you now. Pray you'll give each one a wonderful Memorial Day tomorrow and be with us until the next time. Lord, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious and most worthy name. Amen.